0: Listen up ladies and
1: gentlemen this is the this masters, master's of episode 33 of the cinemasters podcast today we're discussing holiday movies last year we did a whole bunch of christmas stuff so we decided to branch out and do a little bit of other holidays not no one chose halloween which is kind of surprising but i'm sure we'll get our chance to watch those in the future
2: but i think i mentioned that as an idea yeah no, we took
1: it. <laughs> i think you did, and I don't think anyone cared it, it's Halloween, but yeah uh let's let's go ahead and jump into our trailers uh Tyler why don't you give us a give us a start
3: all right well um as of december or as of yesterday uh we lost a great actor in peter o'Toole uh he's more he's Famously known for Lawrence of Arabia and other movies such as that. Um, also, uh, Lion in the Water, uh, Beckett, Venus, my favorite year. Um, he was 81 uh, when he died. Uh, I can't really say that I've seen a lot of his movies, but I have seen some. Uh, I know he's a, he was a great actor in his time. Uh, in his prime and I know that it is it's just I know a lot of people are upset and sad that uh, he passed away
1: yeah he's definitely one of the icons from the quoting air quotes golden age of cinema
2: yes right yeah also a bit of a bit of a philanderer and a drinker so also from that era yeah it was a big big part here. Hang out. He hung out with. Uh, oh God, what well was um, Elizabeth Taylor's husband? Um, God, I can't believe the name Richard something. Well, I mean, he was he was involved in all that group, and uh, I think uh, around the seventies he had to get uh, some surgery because he had he drank too much. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: as had a, a lot of people, of, people did liver at the cancer. time.
3: <laughs> yeah, when might. My- Right. Idea. Yeah. When my dad uh, when I told my dad he's like, he wasn't dead already? <laughs> Cuz yeah. apparently
2: he had a lot of complications, <clears throat> health complications. So. well apparently he also he's known for I think he was nominated for about 7 Academy Awards and never won. Yeah. Except maybe 8 by the time he died and I think he, he the only thing he got was a lifetime achievement award. Uh, But he's one of those, it's like, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I think that's what he was even quoted as saying when he won the, uh, when he finally got the achievement award. Which is really just, which is funny, because that award usually is telling you, hey, stop. (laughs) But uh, a couple years later, he actually got nominated again. This was a performance, in his. he was about 80-something. He got nominated uh, for Best Actor a couple years after he won Lifetime, which, which might be the only time that's ever happened. I will have to check that, but it's possible.
1: Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Definitely an icon. It's a shame he died, but he was also old, lived a full life, and did a lot of a lot of great shit for movies.
3: Yep. Yeah. If I if I live till I'm eighty-five, I'll be happy. That's my goal, eighty-five. Because I think I feel like after eighty-five shit's just hitting
2: the fan <laughs> yeah maybe even Shit, before that. shit's hitting something like a diaper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> may not
3: be hitting the toilet
1: <laughs> uh, classic solid well mine is something that I just came across not 10 minutes ago and that's uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt is producing a Sandman movie A Sandman being the DC Comics graphic novels written by Neil Gaiman, who is also executive producing, I believe, which is super exciting because if you've read those, they're fantastic. It's about the Sandman, like the mythical dream guy and his sister death and so on and so forth. Um, So it, it looks really interesting. I mean looks really interesting being that joseph gordon levitt is involved and it's a great a great item to use uh um, what's the word i'm looking for a great property to be uh translated to film i really look forward to it and i hope that it actually goes through and happens even if jogo is not um, starring in it. He is looking to direct and star in it, but even if he's not doing either of those, I would look forward to watching this movie.
2: Ooh, he's looking to direct it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the one thing that <laughs> might make maybe turn away from it.
1: Yeah, I, I like, haven't seen Don that that's a yet. Movie,
2: and that property. That property, I mean, I don't know a lot about it, but I know that you better have some experienced hands on that, that sucker. You better have, you know, you need a big budget. You also need a guy who really knows what he's doing mm-hmm. in terms of that kind of filmmaking. I feel like this is, that. now that you mention I mean, I'm excited, but I feel like this is tailor-made for, like, Legendary, that production company that uh, usually works with Warner Brothers that did, uh, they do all Nolan stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did Pacific Rim. They're, they're a very eclectic sort of uh production group but uh, it should be interesting
1: yeah I see mean, if they
2: water it water the real down
1: the source material has great opportunity for amazing visuals so like uh christopher nolan or Zack snyder or the guy who did gravity what's his name alfonso
3: cuaron cuaron, cuaron?
1: Yeah. however you spell Sorry.
2: it Say, cuaron, <clears throat> cuaron. Yeah.
1: either of those three uh i mean Obviously, Zack Snyder at the bottom of that list, unless he's just like a DP or something. Because he has amazing visuals, while other aspects of his movies tend to not be as good. Um, But yeah, I, I hope... I haven't seen Don John, so I don't know. I don't have experience with Jogo's directing but I don't think he has the chops to pull off an amazing, visually astounding movie. Yeah. At this point. But who knows? We shall see. Alrighty. Andrew, what do you've got for
2: us? Uh, Mine just was announced today, but it was that uh, better call Saul if, you don't know what that is. It's going to be the Breaking Bad spinoff that focuses on the character Saul Goodman, played by Bob Odenkirk, who you'll obviously remember as the uh, lawyer to Walter White. The lawyer, whatever you want, to, whatever you want to say, consulieri, whatever you want to call him, uh, the sleazy sort of lawyer who gets him out of all these jams. Uh, it's still being developed, or at least we don't know as a, the public exactly what the format of it's going to be. There have been rumors that it's going to be a prequel. There's rumors that it was going to be take place after Breaking Bad. We don't really know. It could be both. My money's on prequel. I don't really see – like – it would be pretty bold of them to try to do both. But uh, nonetheless, the news just came out today that uh, it's supposed to actually be released and, come and have its full season next year. And once it – literally the day after the final episode premieres on AMC – Netflix will carry the whole season which I believe is a uh record for Netflix. I don't think there's ever been a time where a series immediately went into Netflix the the day after uh it premiered on television. But this is just a a sign of the times and how important Netflix is becoming uh for the fact that it's this you know network has made a deal to immediately have it available like that. Uh also it shows the relationship between Breaking Bad and Netflix, and they've obviously had a very strong relationship. Uh, Vince Gilligan, the creator of Breaking Bad and the showrunner, has actually come out and said that without Netflix, the show wouldn't exist because it gave them so many more viewers. And oddly enough, you know, people think about how related it is to Netflix, but I just read today that it actually wasn't even on Netflix until the end of season three. So that's three years into the actual show. So that just shows the speed at which people can find these things and just become obsessed with it over a very short amount of time. And it also just shows how how truly recently the Netflix age has sort of come of come of age and how fast it, it's it's burgeoned. Uh, but uh, I, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting business deal between a network and a streaming service, and I have no doubt it won't be the last to that. I, I bet that that will be a sort of common occurrence. You'll see from now on.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a new model. I mean, Netflix is kind of doing a whole bunch of new stuff with. First off, releasing the seasons, the day, and like, all in one day, like they did yeah. with the House of Cards, and I think Under the Dome was that them. I don't even know. Um, but they had a well, that, couple well, was- of.
2: That was that
1: was CBS. Yeah, they added another one. No, Orange is the new black is the other one that's theirs, that's pretty big. And then of course the Arrested Development new series. I think those all right. followed the same release it all, the, the dump model as we can call it, where they just dump everything. That's at good ones. Um so yeah, I mean it, it's it we were talking earlier, like I think it'd be interesting if they instead of Dumped it. They just released it one episode a week, uh, starting the day after the season wraps up on network. But that's probably not going to happen because the dump model seems to work for them, and everyone seems to enjoy that. Since people tend to marathon shows nowadays more so than watch it week to week.
2: Yeah, I saw so, something which I think is <clears throat> kind of kind of sad that's another discussion, but I, I personally, at least in my, I know a lot of people love that method. I kind of like being, being forcibly disciplined. I, I like the, I like sitting with what happened for a week. It makes it feel more important to me. That's again, that's another topic, but I think that's a definitely something we could do a topic on. And then think something that I think a lot of people don't think about is how that's, it's the, the fact of, of, streaming like this is completely changing the way we watch tv i mean tv is not written like that it's written to be breathe to let it breathe and to have Mm -hmm. seasons that have breaks i mean uh, if you're you know a lot of season finales if you just like end it and then immediately come to the other one i can't imagine it would have the same impact as if you wait a whole year i mean because then you're really living with it uh so i think it's it's interesting we're definitely living in an interesting time for all of us Things are changing very, very, very quickly, and I think I'm going to make a bold prediction. But I think in about 10, 20 years, you won't even see uh, television stations anymore. There'll be there'll be some form of that, but it won't be through local. It won't be an ABC. It'll all be through some sort of streaming service that you buy through your television, as opposed to you know the local syndicates that you have, your local news, and your your local uh, stations. Yeah, it's going to be interesting.
1: Awesome. Yeah, it'll be interesting.
3: All right, let's... uh, With the Better Call Saul, I I, I really... Oh, oh, never mind. Let's move on. We can move on. I was
1: going to say we can move on, but if you got one more note on Better Call Saul, go for it.
3: Oh, no. I I, I I would just add rather it not be a prequel I'd rather see what happened after the events of everything and how it affected him you know and the character itself yeah but that's just me
1: I'd like to see maybe what they do with arrow where he's in you know afterwards but then has some stories that are flashbacky yeah who knows um yeah all right well let's let's move on to our feature presentation on the schedule since rudy is not here and i chose to watch the santa claus the uh, epic 1994 movie with uh tim allen and uh the guy from numbers mr universe from serenity and that's pretty much it other people who are less big names but those two are the ones that i know uh, I like yeah. the,
2: that. That's I like hope how it's how it's done on TV Guide. Since it's advertised as Tim <laughs> Allen and the guy from Number,
1: <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it, it is actually that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's a definitely a Christmas movie. It's called The Santa Claus. It's about a guy who kills Santa Claus and then takes his identity and becomes Santa Claus. Because we were watching this, and it, it's kind of morbid, like, what actually happens. <laughs> he kills the Santa Claus and becomes Santa Claus. That's weird and crazy and maybe a little too far.
2: <laughs> Anyways. Now, now it's now funny making, that you say nonchalantly like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never really thought of it like that, but yeah, that's really kind of screwed up way to ruin my childhood Dan
1: I I mean yeah this is definitely a movie that you can see differently when you when you grow up I mean (laughs) I loved it as a kid I would watch it once a year at least because you know it's it's a great kids holiday movie it's a whole lot of fun there's you know the magic there's Santa there's the Donner I think it's Donner one of the reindeer has just such a great attitude and it's really funny. Watching it now, like nothing holds up. I'm, I was just watching it, and like Tim Allen's just being a jerk. He's it, it's really a movie about <laughs> him learning how to be a dad. At at its very heart, that's what the movie is doing, and also you know finding the spirit of Christmas and believing in Santa Claus. Seeing isn't believing; believing is seeing. That kind of shit. And, uh, so yeah, Tim Allen's character is just being a jerk to everybody. His ex-wife, his, uh, ex-wife's new man, his, his kid he's not very good with, all his co-workers, he's just being an asshole too. And it's like, this, this is not nearly as enjoyable as I remember it. And of course it's the 90s, so all the effects are really, really bad. They do not hold up in the slightest, but yeah, uh, Bernard is funny, David Crumholtz, the Mr. Universe, the guy from numbers he's always good, yeah, I don't know. when was the last time you guys watched this
3: movie? last year i I haven't watched it this year yet. I usually like I usually watch it with my family. But I mean, I've seen it enough times that it kind of it's imprinted in my brain. <laughs> and just never really thought about it the way you did. You put it. I was <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of messed up. What happens? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, I'm gonna test my memory here. Oh, sorry, no, continue. Then I'll
3: no, go. no, no, no. That's it. That that's you got
2: something. I'm going to test my memory here. Is – riddle me this. Is his ex-wife Juliet from Lost?
3: No, Maybe? that's in Santa Claus 3. She's in oh, the... she gets recast. No, no, no. Oh, no, Jesus. no, no, no. no. <laughs> no what happens oh is the – no, uh, it's, No, it's, she comes – she's uh, She's her – his kid's uh, principal in the second one. Uh, and okay. then they get together in okay. the third or she turns into Mrs. Claus. You're talking about you're talking about Julia uh, Blonde, right? A Sawyers? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. no, she and she, then, okay. she comes into two and then they get together at the end of two and then she's Mrs. Claus in like three.
2: What about I'm also gonna Is Judge Reinhold in this movie? Yes,
3: yes. he is.
1: He's he's uh, yes, the he new is. stepdad.
2: Oh, perfect. Well, not, you know that that dates you right there. When you have when you when you're one of your main like five people is Judge Reinhold. <laughs> you know yeah. where you are.
1: Oh yeah, and he's a he's a psychiatrist and there's just so many cracks against psychiatrists. Like it, it's ridiculous like Scott Calvin uh Tim Allen's character says, "Oh, that he's not a real doctor" at least 5 times in this movie. <laughs> like really uh it I, I don't know it's still a fun movie it's a it's great to have on like in the background but if you sit down to watch it you'll notice these things that are just like this this actually happened yeah
2: does um again i'm trying to i used to have it on vhs and this is coming from a jew uh like <laughs> just. uh <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I remember. I remember liking it. Uh, it was. Yeah. It was, I mean, this was in prime time Tim Allen era too. Mm-hmm. Right. I think right. Right along Home Improvement and Toy Story. So this I, was I a big was Get of, for him.
3: I think this is what was his first uh, live action film role. It one of or, definitely.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I think you're right.
1: Because uh, Home cause Improvement was, was like '91 to '99. And yeah, this is dead in the center of that.
2: Yeah, and it's—it's it's hard to think know. of it now, but he was the selling point for this movie. You know, it was a big deal that he was in a movie, starring in it.
3: For sure, yeah. But no, I didn't. Did you know he was in jail at I, one point? Tim Allen. As yes, I did not know that.
1: I remember hearing about it. I don't remember. It was any a big deal. Details. Yeah.
3: No, but, like, after he got out, that's what turned him into uh, going into comedy and all that. Doing all that stuff. Which I thought was interesting.
2: Yeah, apparently he, he's a pretty dirty, raunchy stand-up, if you actually listen to him. Uh, I live out in L.A., and once in a while, he always – I haven't seen him yet, but I'd like to. He comes by this famous comedy place and just does, a, a, you know, a, a set every, every month at least, which has got to be really bizarre, to watch (laughs) but uh he does
1: yeah nowadays i'm sure that's very very strange cool it's
2: funny that you bring up the well i just just one more thing it's it's Mm -hmm. funny just you bring up that that fact that how you can like see an older movie and as a kid it kind of just washes over you even though you understand that he's dead but then as an adult you sort of you 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 just your your brain is larger you start thinking like well what about what about his wife Is his wife just there, like mourning in the North Pole? Yeah, yeah, shit. You never see her. Dang
3: it! That makes. Oh my god! Now, now I'm just (laughs) rethinking my whole childhood. Thanks, guys. He killed herself, Tyler. (laughs) Oh man, God, this is an. Yeah, especially
1: after the second one, where like he has to find a wife, or he stops being Santa Claus, or something. So there's definitely a Mrs. Claus. (laughs) Um, oh man. And and like, there's times where the kids like, uh, like one of the last lines is, uh, maybe the kid says, I I want to go into the family business, which is like, oh, so you mean you're going to kill your dad and take over?
3: There <laughs> can only be one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like they, <laughs> they just gloss over the fact that Santa dies and it totally works in the movie. But when you stop and think about it, it's just, oh, okay. So is so
2: yeah, he not let age? Let us
3: apologize for every, to everybody listening to this podcast. If we ruined your childhood, we're sorry.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, well, I guess he doesn't age. He, gets, he grows the beard and gets fat. Yeah.
2: Don't we don't know. really know if he ages. Yeah, He could. We don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no <Enough laughs>
1: questions for me. So yeah, um go revisit this if you dare. Uh <laughs> it's, it's like I said, it's still a fun movie. It's it's worth having on in the background while you're playing a game or just shooting the shit with your family over the holiday season. But sitting down to watch it might might ruin your childhood. Which uh I guess Poses the question: Does it hold up? Not quite. <laughs> so, that's that. Andrew, what do you got for us?
2: Uh, <clears throat> so I was thinking of holidays, and I mean, we started thinking of the big ones like, I guess, Christmas and Thanksgiving, Halloween. But the one movie that when I thought of holiday, at least any other thing other than Christmas, the one thing that really popped in my mind was Groundhog Day. I would argue, or I would assume that if you tried to think of a movie about a holiday outside of Christmas, my guess is my movie will be your movie. (laughs) (laughs) Not as a competition way, but just saying this movie is, I would say, it's not. I would not consider it a holiday movie, and yet I will defend it as one, but it definitely transcends that idea. Uh, For anyone who doesn't know what it is who hasn't seen it, and I know I didn't really see it until I was about 17, so it took me a while. Uh, Groundhog Day came out, I believe, in 92. Well, I, have it, I have it here. It uh, came out in 1993, uh, directed by Harold Ramis, uh, the great comedy director who also did uh, Ghostbusters and Stripes with Bill Murray. Uh, it stars Bill Murray and Andy McDowell. Uh, basically, the overall plot of it is this. Bill Murray's a news uh, meteorologist who travels down to Puxitani, Pennsylvania, where in real life, you know, that, uh, that's where groundhog day is, you know, the holiday where little groundhog Puxitani Philly pops a little head out. You know, if he sees a shadow, uh, we get like 10 or I don't know, 30 more days of winter. And if he doesn't, you know, we, it's going to be warmer, a very kind of dumb, silly sort of holiday and, And Bill Murray's character is this very sarcastic Bill Murray-esque guy who really – nobody likes him. He doesn't really have anything in his life, but he's pretty content with it. He's just kind of an asshole and he's fine with it. Um, So he's there for just a single day, goes to sleep in his hotel room, and then wakes up the next day and realizes it's the same day again. Literally everything that's happening is happening exactly the same except him, Uh, and he remembers everything. Goes to sleep that day, same thing happens again and again and again. And it get into this, he gets into this sort of time loop where no matter what he does, he has to experience the same 24 hours in Pupsitani, Pennsylvania, over and over again. He always wakes up in the bed. He always, whatever happens to him that day, he always wakes up again with the same song on the radio, and this happens again and again and again. And it becomes, oddly enough, I mean, it's a great idea for comedy, but it almost becomes this sort of existential movie where it's like about. Uh, what what you do to change your life and, and what would you do if you had all this time and what is time anyway it's a very it, it manages to be both a very deep movie and also a very light movie which is very hard to do and that you can study it as an intellectual and sort of take you know subtext out of it or you can just watch it from pure entertainment value because it's incredibly funny uh, uh, it's incredibly inventive the different things that he thinks about doing uh, Bill Murray is probably it's probably one of his best roles. It's incredibly tightly written. Like there's never a scene in it where you feel out of place, um, and it's just a really, really ingenious concept more than anything else. Uh, I think the term itself, Groundhog Day, has been sort of turned into the we we know what that means. If you say Groundhog Day scenario, it's sort of been into our way of speaking, at least from an American standpoint. Uh, the reason I chose it as a holiday movie, you could argue like, but Andrew, this is just, it's Groundhog Day. That's not a real holiday. It's dumb. And it's not even really about Groundhog Day. And I would agree with you that's true. It's not about a specific holiday, but I think it captures what holidays mean to us and that the sort of magical quality we have of holidays. I mean, a lot most of these movies, the Santa Claus, most of the movies, at least if they, if they deal with a positive message always have the sort of idea of redemption and the idea of a holiday as being this sort of magical time that, that is different from all other days where people's lives truly change. And so while I don't think it really connects to Groundhog Day itself, I think it definitely speaks to the idea of holidays as this period that's sort of outside of the rest of the year because this man goes through this day and it, it, it changes his life. It, it, it completely alters his existence. By the end of the movie, he's a completely different person. Um, just for trivia facts, I'm looking at it and I mean, it's, a, it's an, in, it's an incredibly revered film now. It's, uh, it's considered in one of the like, ti- I've looked at lists and it's considered one of the tightest screenplays ever written in that it's, it's just so well structured. Um, it's beloved. I think it's got like about a 98 on Rotten Tomato, 97. I'm looking at it right now. Um, it's pretty mo- much universally loved, uh, which is interesting is when it first came out. Uh, It was not treated like that. And uh, just to give you an idea of this idea of movies becoming revalued over time, uh, the Washington Post reviewer wrote in his – he was quoted in his review as saying that even though it's a good film – and here's the actual quote. Groundhog will never be designated a national film treasure by the Library of Congress. Well, in 2006, this was brought in by the Library of Congress as the National Film Preservation Board. So – it just shows you how, how people's opinions can change over time. Uh, Roger Ebert himself gave it a three out of four star review originally, but then reevaluated it uh, many years later and put it into his list of truly great movies, saying that he had underestimated it. Um, now it's, it's just it's got, uh, let's see, the Writers Guild of America, which is obviously the guild that all writers are under, has ranked the screenplay number 27 on their list of 101 greatest screenplays of all time. Uh, Total Film, which is a British film magazine, uh, has, in their 90s issue, deemed Groundhog Day the best film of 93, which was the same year of Schindler's List. So, again, this is a movie that really grew over time. Uh, The one other thing I'll point out about it is that uh, there's been this thing on the internet where people have tried to figure out exactly how long he was stuck in this loop, uh, actually get, like, a date time on how many days he was truly in this sort of groundhog day loop that he was in. Uh, so people with way too much times over their hands have calculated this using math by, they take all the things he learns to do, like he learns piano, he learns the ice sculpt and they use like the idea of how long that takes to become a master at anything and calculate it. So I'm looking at one calculation by one person right now and they calculated that he was stuck in this loop 3,176 days Total of eight years, eight months, and sixteen days. Um, if you listen to the the um, Harold Ramis, the director's uh, DVD commentary, when he wrote the script, they had always envisioned him being trapped in ten years. So it's, just, it's it, you know again, it's interesting that we live in this internet era, where we have, where we have this time to think of nonsensical things like that but it's interesting to think when you watch the movie that it's about eight to 10 years time that this guy's reliving the same day over and over and over again.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I haven't seen this movie all the way through. Um, maybe ever. I'm pretty sure I've seen the whole thing cause it's on, it used to be on TV quite a right, bit. T-
2: right. Right.
1: Uh, Interestingly, it was filmed in Woodstock, Illinois, about 15 minutes from where I grew up. So I've been to really? that square many, many times. I've seen a lot of movies at the theater right off that square because it's super cheap. Um, yeah. What I remember, it's a really fun movie. And I really, it's on my list of movies I definitely, desperately need to uh, revisit slash watch again. But, yeah, I don't have much to say on it due to that.
2: Yeah, it, de- it definitely works better. I, I was Murray. the same way. It's Bill Murray. It's,
3: it's Bill, it's Bill it's fucking Bill Murray. Murray, okay.
2: But, yeah. <laughs> you got to say the fuck because it doesn't work without Bill Murray.
3: Yeah, it's the definitely
2: way. one that I caught on TV. Yeah. I, I, I caught on TV a lot before uh, I fully saw it. I think it works better if you watch it from beginning to end. It's, I think most people just kind of like, oh, this is fun. But you really appreciate it once you see it from uh, start to finish.
3: Yeah, I, I love the movie. Uh, uh, I think it's great all around. Andy McDowell's great in it too. Um, I just love the different things that he does. That he knows he can die basically, and he does all these crazy things, and just it's it's a it's a fun ride too. I think it takes you on this fun journey, fun ride. Right and but you basically hit the the nail on the head everything you said
2: yeah it's also i mean it's also a very i wouldn't say it's dark dark isn't the right word but it definitely isn't scared to go into the dark places of what this concept means. like it doesn't just use the concept for laughs it takes it very realistically like if this happened if this truly happened what would you do and you know how depressing would it become and it, it it should be applauded for taking it so seriously
1: Yes. Definitely has moments of dark comedy,
3: <laughs> for sure.
1: Good, all right, and good on a. Well, let's ask this: Does it hold up? Kind of answered already, but
2: I would say, I would say absolutely. Say yes. Yeah,
1: probably more so than when it was released. That's what it sounds like. Um, yeah, cool. yeah. Shall we move on? Yes.
2: Yes, yes. I can take anything. Don't
0: happen to the wrong guy. I can take anything.
3: Tyler, take it away. Right. I did the Thanksgiving film Planes, Trains, and Automobiles uh, starring, wow. yeah, starring Steve Martin John, and the late John Candy. The late great John Candy. Uh, it was directed by John Hughes, who's famous for Sixteen Candles, The Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and uh, movies like that. And he has other writing nods for a whole bunch of movies too, Home Alone uh uh vacate uh lampoons vacation and all that stuff um basically we have a movie uh the synopsis on uh IMDb a man must travel a struggle to travel home for thanksgiving with an a slob of a shower ring salesman for own his only companion now i had not seen this movie all the way through uh, my this is, my dad loves this film. He loved it uh, when it came out. He still loves it to this day. But I don't think I watched this all the way through until a couple years ago. The first time I ever I ever saw it. Now, the movie Due Date had come out before me seeing Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and I and I did like the movie Due Date. And to my surprise, when I watched it all the way through due date took a lot from this film. Uh, it's kind of the buddy comedy, the buddy comedy, the road trip comedy. Um, these two actors are phenomenal together. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've seen a better comedy duo in a long time in a film like this. Um, these two are just comedic geniuses in general. Uh, it was, it was, uh, made in 1987 and it currently holds a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. And basically what it is, is Steve Martin plays a man named Neil Page, uh, who's trying to get home for Thanksgiving and, uh, his flight gets canceled and then he meets a shower ring salesman named Del Griffith. And basically they rent a car together trying to travel all the way to Chicago because that's where, uh, Steve lives. And basically the whole time there's just a bunch of crazy things happening. Uh, they go to a hotel, they end up, uh, setting, uh, their car on fire getting robbed, blind, uh, um, bunch of stuff that you could just imagine that could go wrong on a road trip goes wrong. Fall asleep at the wheel, going the wrong way on the highway, everything. It, it just, it's a crazy, funny comedy. Um, I think that, uh, it's one of the, one of the, one of the better comedies of the past 20 years. Um, in my opinion, maybe 30 years. Um, uh, I love these two i i i I've always had a uh love for John candy um, He's been in great movies such as Stripes and all that uh, The reason I've chose this is just because it 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 is that thanksgiving film i mean it's just trying to get home trying to show friendship um, and it gives that kind of it's a bunch of snow. And you, you really, really, when we think of like holiday movies, we think of like snow and all that stuff. So, but I, like I said, I love, this is, this is one of my uh, favorite comedies that I've seen. Uh, it's uh it has a very deep heart towards the end. Um, John, Steve Martin's character ends up really resenting and hating John Candy's character but john just he he his character what i think what brings it out the most is it has a heart cuz he just all he wants to do is have someone around and someone to be his friend and and if you let him then he's going to be that best friend for you he's going to be that one person that's always going to be there for you and always help you out which i really appreciated too in a film cuz i mean you don't really see that you weren't really expecting the turn at the end for if you have seen it or not, uh, of what happened. So, uh, in my opinion, I think this movie still holds up to, t- to today. Uh, I think it beats some of the best comedies that are out right now still, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that's what I got. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Have you guys seen this movie recently?
1: This is uh, another one that I need to go back and watch all the way through again because it it is hilarious. And two two of the comedy greats um, working together and working very well together. So, again, very high on my list of movies to revisit. Yes.
2: Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but, I mean, I remember almost every second of it because I watched it so many times. I, I own it somewhere. I think it's at home, home as opposed to my apartment. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know what? I take back what I said. When I insulted all other holiday movies, uh, when I was like, "My movie's better." I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm as rapturous as I was about Groundhog Day. I might even say that I like playing Trains better. Um, yeah, it's just a classic. I don't know. I mean, you summed it up, summed it up well. It's It's also one of my, I'd say it's probably in my top 10 comedies if I had had made a list. I don't know where, but it would definitely be on there. Uh, Yeah, it's just, uh, again, I think Groundhog Day in in that can actually, well, different in in story, I think could actually, would be a great pairing in that you're looking at these incredible legends of, of both acting and writing and directing, and geez, these incredibly, incredibly funny, but also incredibly warm, and, uh, and sometimes very deeply dramatic movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, you were talking about, I, again, I won't say anything, but the, the, the turn at the end is, you know, it totally earns it. Some movies try to do that, like Due Date. That yeah. just, to me, fall pretty flat. But good God, again, big thanks to John Candy, but yeah, the, the drama moments in playing Strains just are, they really are just beautiful. And uh Plane Strains again, it's also like I I mean, Groundhog Day is extremely funny, but I would argue that Plane Strains is definitely a funnier movie. Uh I remember crying during it. Uh particularly the airport scene, which is one of my favorites. If you watch it, that scene is probably my favorite one of my the funniest things I've ever seen. Where Steve Martin uh tries to get that plane ticket. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. It's worth just for that scene. I mean the whole movie's amazing, but That scene in particular is one of the greatest comic scenes I've ever seen. And Steve Martin, this is Steve Martin at his, like, you know, a lot of people today don't really understand what a legend he was. And uh, and this movie, I think, is at the top of his powers.
3: Yeah, this and The Jerk was some of his comedic gold. Yeah. But, like I said, I think it holds up. So well to, to today. I mean, and I think that's what a lot of. I mean, you can do with comedy movies, especially featuring such an iconic duo as these two. Um, you know, it's just they are they are the best at what they do. I think and I, I just, it's yeah. just sad. It's just it's just sad that John Candy's not still around because of what he could have done like he would still be probably acting in movies today and still be as funny as ever. So just what, what could have been, that's what like you take it from this and you just think of like what could have been. Yeah. Great movie all around. Very much so. Yeah. I think these are great holiday movies. You should definitely check them out.
1: Yeah, we definitely picked two classics and then a Tim Allen movie.
3: <laughs> a not awful Tim Allen movie.
1: <laughs> a, a, a very interesting movie to go back and watch, Tim Allen movie. Yes. Uh, you all should,
2: right. w- would you say that it works to just watch it as a drama now? <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> just go back and watch a Drama, Drama, you know, thriller,
3: crime drama. Or... If
1: you would change the uh, the music in it, I bet it could totally be recut as a kind of a really dark <laughs> drama. <laughs> I don't know. It it wouldn't be a great drama because none of the performances really go that far with uh, any of the conflicts, but it'd be funny for sure alrighty uh, let's uh, get into some recommendations in our credits segment
0: when the days are cold and the cards all fold in the saints we see are all made of gold when your dreams all fail in the we hail are the worst of all and the bloods run stale I
1: Got something you can go. first
2: Yeah. Uh Jake or er, yeah. Uh Jacob might have already mentioned this, uh but I just discovered it, so I'm gonna say it again anyway. <laughs> was uh I, I was looking at my list of, of uh movies uh this year that you know we were I know we were talking about possibly coming up with a top ten at some point uh, so I was looking – I kind of pride myself on trying to see all the movie, the most important, quote-unquote, movies of the year, at least critically acclaimed, um, the ones that will be on everyone's list. And the one that I noticed that was a blind spot for me, the really big one, was uh, Before Midnight, uh, which is the third uh, Richard Lankleader uh, comedy romance between uh, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. Uh, came out about in May and it got almost, it got like rapturous, almost perfect scores across the board. And most people probably, including me, probably would have just thought it was a just normal uh, movie. But what it truly is, it's actually the third part of a trilogy that was never originally conceived as a trilogy uh, about these two characters played by Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy who meet each other. They're strangers, really strangers to each other, meet each other and then there's this trilogy that sort of shows them over time. Um, this was just the latest, uh, and last, at least right now, considered the last of their journey. Um, the reason I didn't see it is because I'd never seen the, the other two. And I really wanted to sort of see where they began. so what I'm recommending now is actually the, the trilogy in itself. I, I still have yet to see the third one, which I'm probably going to rent tonight. Uh, but I just watched the first two, which, uh, it's, the first one is uh, before uh, Sunrise, and then the second one is before Sunset. Um, they were all directed by Richard Linklater, who did Days of Confused, uh, School of Rock. Um, great, great director. He wrote it and directed it. Um, and basically, I mean, to, to summarize it, the first movie, basically they just meet each other on a train. They don't know anything about it. The movie takes place over about... I want to say maybe like ten, ten to fourteen hours in this European city. Second movie, there it's like ten years later. Again, the movie that one actually takes place over real time, so the length of the movie is actually the length of the time they spend together. So structurally, it's a really interesting concept. But I, I can't speak to the third, which I will be seeing, but the first two are just they're they're phenomenal. They're they're immediately in my classic romance movies if we were to make a list Uh, I know we talked about romantic comedies a couple weeks ago these I don't know again it would debate if they're actually comedies but at least from a romance perspective these two would no doubt be in that top top tier Uh, so I'm not the problem is I don't really know how to give advice to find them because I just discovered this local video store nearby me and that's how I found them so I'm not really sure how you you know Sorry, I'm not really sure how you'd be able to locate them, but uh, even if you can't see the first two, I would suggest maybe trying Redbox to try to see the third one, uh, just to get into them. And then maybe if, if you really enjoy that, you'll be intrigued to try to search out the other two. I assume you can find them somewhere uh, online, uh, but yeah. So it goes. Just so that you know, the order of them is before sunrise, then before sunset and then before midnight that's the 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 chronological order if you're trying to watch them that way
1: cool good stuff uh yeah blind spot for me for sure it's something i'd like to check out at some point uh tyler what do you got for us
3: all right well i was uh perusing through Netflix today and I just saw that uh Video Game High School season 2 just got released on Netflix. Um I love Video Game High School season 1. Uh it's basically a show about uh a kid named Kai or no, uh yeah. Oh, who is the main oh, I forgot his ma- the main character. I haven't seen in a while. Um, and he goes, he gets in, uh, accepted into this high school for video gamers. And it's basically just the, uh, his adventure and like going through school of like different courses and classes of like search and destroy class, uh, hand to hand combat or knife. And just, it's, it's, it's goofy. It's funny. It's, it's a great show. Uh, Zachary Levy guest stars in a couple episodes. Um, uh, so yeah, check, I'm, I'm definitely probably after this podcast, I will probably be starting that and watching the first couple of episodes of that season. Uh, but no, it's a great show and I highly recommend it. So have you guys seen any of those, uh, episodes of that show?
1: No, never really had a interest in it. Um, also didn't really know what it was about. I just saw it on Netflix, and it looked like a cheap show and never really investigated. But good to hear that it's, it's doing well. Um, probably go check it out sometime.
2: Yep. Where does it come from if it's, if it's in its second season? Like uh, what, what it's network it, or it's what a, country? It's a, web, it's a web series that they basically oh, – okay
3: kinda of, it's like a web but I mean the episodes are about thirty thirty five minutes long anyway. Uh but hold well, on I can uh pull but it up. It's, it's
2: definitely scripted.
3: Yes, it's definitely scripted. scripted. Yeah it's okay. uh definitely yeah. scripted uh from Rocket Jump. I don't know. that was
2: probably my my questioning of it, because I saw it, I, I I'd never heard of it before. And I saw it, season two on, on Netflix and I was like, I kind of just ignored it because I figured it was unscripted. I figured it was some sort of competition. Like, you know, people play video games. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that. yeah, that's
3: what I, that's what I thought too. And then, you know, it just kind of came up with something that they recommended. And I watched the first episode and I, I mean, I thought some parts are cheesy and, you know, it, but I mean, it's just, it has a very, uh, like likable like premise to it um it's got likable characters too it's it, it's just it's got it's funny i think it's really funny honestly um but yeah I, I mean it's pretty it's pretty well written too it's and you know i don't know you just have to you have to check it out for yourself i honestly i think just give it one episode and i mean if you don't like it then it's not it wouldn't be necessary for you, but it wouldn't hurt to try. Cool. That kind of thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. Alrighty. Um, my recommendation. Uh I've got a couple light recommendations real quick. I just finished reading the new Green Arrow trade. I say new in that it just was released and not so just released in in the new graphic novel trade paperback form and not in comic issue form. Because it's from the uh, early 90s. It's a uh, Mike Grell's Green Arrow run that that started at number 1. It was uh came after the Longbow Hunters which was his uh kind of darkening it's the uh the air quotes uh dark knight returns of green arrow where it it makes the character darker it's a, it's a nice little noir kind of feel to it it's very 90s and some of it's uh, it's it's themes and stuff but it, it it's good book it's well written it's a quick read uh it's on amazon it, it's still pretty cheap i think i got it for 12 bucks which is pretty pretty good for a a brand new graphic novel so go check that out um and uh other one's gonna be the um what was it i don't know nothing because my brain's not working anymore imagine (laughs) dragons that's it i love imagine dragons (laughs) i uh their their album night visions is my favorite album in the last couple of years it's one that i can listen to over and over again because there's very that every song is good and yeah that there's a wide variety of uh kind of tones and feels to the bands that they just do a lot of great stuff on that they've got like you know the the heavy ballad of radioactive and then they've got the the very light uh uplifting kind of peace anthem of all all over the world what's it called on top of the world on top of the world that's the one
3: yeah right i love i love imagine dragons they're fantastic they're great they and Have you heard a uh, "Ready Aim Fire" and "Monster"? By uh,
1: them, "Monster" yes, "Ready Aim Fire" I don't think so.
3: That's off the Iron Man uh, soundtrack. It's fantastic. I think it's one of their best songs. Nice. Um, yeah, and if you like, if you really like Imagine Dragons, uh, let me suggest the band called Bastille. Bastille. Um, yeah. Um, they. Uh, like B A
2: S T I L L E. Yes, yeah, like Bastille Day but just Bastille. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah. That's what I figured. Yeah.
3: They're, uh, they're from the UK. Uh, they're fantastic. They have a song that's really popular. Like, I, I've, I've heard this band months and months ago. Uh, they have a song that's out playing on the radio. It's called Pompeii, uh, which is really good. Uh, I downloaded their EP. Their, it was called Haunt before they came out because they didn't have anything on the iTunes US store uh, months, a couple months ago before they came out with their album here. So I had bought whatever E P. they had on iTunes and been listening. it was like four songs and I've had it on repeat all day. Um it's a great band. They're I wouldn't say they're similar to Madden Dragons, but they have those ballads like Dane was saying, uh, just with these great songs and you could really uh feel for these songs. Like you can relate to what they're singing about too. Um great lead singer, great uh great uh instrumentals and everything so check them out too maybe Dan can uh, toss a, a song maybe by them on here if he mm, likes them definitely so.
1: I'll throw one in somewhere in this
3: episode yeah definitely do an magic dragon song too and a Bastille or... so. so
1: yeah that's that that is indeed that I was I'm hey. always thank you for listening Uh, if you want to leave us some feedback you can do so over by going to thecinemasters.blogspot.com where you can also find links to our other podcasts the Rogue Arrow podcast, the Made From Chronicle podcast, and the Coulson Lives and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast if you want to leave us an email you can send that over to thecinemasters.gmail.com uh, yeah let us know what you want us to watch. Uh, just just a quick side note. I saw Howard the Duck on DVD over at uh, our local what? grocery store. It was $6, and I was like, I don't want to spend $6 on a movie that I know is going to suck. <laughs> if it was $4, <laughs> we might be able to talk. If it was $2, I'd be all over that. $6, though, on a movie I know it. is going to suck. If there was some, you know, doubt that, like, this might not be awful, I might have gotten it. But you, it was You $6. might think
2: I'm mad at you, but I'm not. I'm not <laughs> mad. You have to have standards. You have to have standards.
1: If it was in the $1 bin at Best Buy when I went over there on Black Friday, I would have picked that up. But again, it wasn't. <laughs> uh <laughs> so yeah um that let us know what you wanna what what you want us to watch if you've got some recommendations for us uh hit us up we'll uh we'll take a look at least so for sure yeah that, Leave us we of
2: top ten is that is that our next uh our next thing yeah what, what the idea was
1: potentially i was looking at the schedule didn't quite get there yet um let's see this one's going up Christmas Eve actually um so the next one should be going up on the 7th
3: now what what stipulates our top 10 like is it what you think is the top 10 or just our favorite top 10 movies
1: um yeah I'm gonna go out and say that our top 10 episode is going to be our next episode whether it's the next two episodes has yet to be determined but next up is top 10s of 2013, and we'll discuss what it's about. All right. uh, so, All right. as always, thank you for listening. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Amazing Bass, that's amazing B A S S, and I am Daniel James.
3: I'm Andrew Miller, and I'm Tyler Crouch, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Tyler A Crouch. And yeah.
1: And that, my friends, was a podcast.
3: I liked it. Boom.
1: Right under an hour Clock Nice. In at 5938.
3: Buddy. Oh, Look at that. Look at money. that. It's
1: like we know what we're doing.
0: Down. I'm on top of the world. Hey. I'm on top of the world. Hey. Wait on this for a while now. Paying my news to the turn. I've been waiting to sign hey. it. The whole idea for a while. Hey. Take me with me if I can. The
1: dream of this is a child. I'm on top of the world. The Sin Mesters Podcast is an autological media productions podcast. You can leave us feedback at thecinemasters.blogspot.com or send us an email at thecinemasters at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on iTunes and like us on Facebook and go over to almppodcasts.blogspot.com to check out our other shows. As always, thank you for listening. I like it.
0: I know, it's great, right? Another! Bye bye boys. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye bye.
1: The Emerald Archer, the battling bowman, Ali. Whatever name you know him by, he is best known as Oliver Queen, the billionaire playboy who was stranded on an island for five years, forcing him to become the Arrow. Join us as we follow his journey to clean up the mess his father helped create in Starling City. I am Daniel Janes. I'm Chris O'Neill.
0: I'm Laurel Merz.
1: And I'm Rudy Schubach. And you should check out Rogue Arrow Podcast, where we talk about the CW show Arrow. You can find us at roguearrow.blogspot.com or by searching iTunes or Facebook for Rogue Arrow Podcast.